Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. We appreciate you so much, not to be uh, disrespectful, but I need to, amen, get it on here. Uh, amen. Considerate of everything you're sitting in and sitting on tonight. Amen. I want to Minister to your hearts, but I don't want to be a pain in your rear any longer than we have to. So uh, you might want to turn in your Bibles tonight, but I'm going to use a different translation. I'm going to minister out of Galatians 6, but I'm going to use the New Living Translation. And I just want to say to all the King James only, it's okay. Uh, Amen. Uh, Jesus did use parables and metaphors to try and bring a point across. So bear with me. I have chosen this translation for a reason, and I believe it's going to help you want to minister tonight a sermon that was inspired in a conversation that I had with a young man, or he's not young anymore, he's my age or close to it, in our congregation. He's a nephew to an uncle. His uncle is Uncle Kenny. He served in World War II. He was on the D-Day invasion, the Battle of Normandy Beach, and uh, this man had acquired a huge box of medals and, and uh, honorable things. And as a young nephew growing up, he would always ask Uncle Kenny, he says, Uncle, can I see your medals? I want to see your medals of honor. And he told me that whenever he would ask him to do that, his uncle would never open the box and show him the medals of honor. He would simply lift up his pant legs and show him the scars. And he said, I don't understand what you're trying to do. And, you know, what's so important about your scars? Well, on that battle, as he got on that beach, which we know is such a bloodbath, they were trying to take that stronghold. He was horribly, horribly wounded by Japanese machine gun, and he was filled. The lower part of his body was shrapnel. And uh, in the hospital, uh, undergoing surgery, they were, uh, you know, trying to figure out we're going to have to take his legs or whatever. He's begging that they would somehow keep his legs, not just he would be able to walk, but he wanted to go back and finish what he'd begun. Doctors were trying to do everything they could, and they said, if we try to take this shrapnel out of his legs, he'll bleed to death. We'll just leave it there and uh, hope he survives the metal. Well, that's exactly what they did. They sewed him up uh, so he wouldn't bleed to death, and he is covered with scars all over his body. He had died recently, uh, you know, not too many years ago, and Pat was telling me this story at the funeral. He's there at Uncle Kenny. He is a very honorable man. He has fought for his country. He's a man full of compassion uh, for nation and people. And his dying request, he says, when you bury me, I know much of my family, you care about me and you're proud uh, proud of me. Do not open my box of medals if you must lay them on my chest, but leave them closed. Please, in my casket, just pull up my pant legs. Let my scars be my honor. To the God that I serve, the nation I love, and a people worth getting injured for. I want to minister tonight on scars and stripes out of Galatians chapter 6. A real issue in the church and 
Christianity today. Scars and stripes. Paul gives us this insight in Galatians chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. I'm going to use the New Living Translation. He says these words, May God's mercy and peace be upon all those who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. That's us. We're New Testament. Do you say amen? We're born of new spirit. He says, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. And he says these words that have set me free again recently. He said, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. He says, my dear brothers and my sisters, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Scars and stripes. First thing I want to look at you tonight is scars. Scars are reality of life. Amen. When we are born... Most of us are born pretty and pink and smooth, and can you say amen? But as we go on through life, we begin to pick up scars. They are evidences that we have not just gone through life, but we have gone through life and we've acquired injuries. Can you say amen? But scars are also the way of the body to heal itself. When the great creator created us as his creation, even nature itself tells us that God had created in us the ability of wound repair. Our skin is a seamless organ. We just don't unzip part of us. Can you say amen and zip a new one on? There's places of injuries, and God created in our body the devices to begin to build and work together to build these collagens. These collagens are these white proteins that when there is an injury, they begin to move together, and they begin to build these bridges that go over top the injury. They go above the injury and beyond the injury. Can you say amen? Listen to this, because we need to go above and beyond some things tonight in this place. But as I looked up in the Greek translation to get some understanding what Paul is talking about when he talks about his scars, the Greek translation of scar comes from the word in the Greek, ascara. Ascara was an outer altar of construction that was built over an inner altar of destruction. It was constructed in those days in his time by Roman bricks that were usually built in a rectangular form. They were a type of sacrificial offering an altar, a bridge type that would cover a destroyed altar that covered a hole, a pit, or a crevice. That altar that was destroyed was believed to be destroyed. The hole, the pit, the cut, the crevice, they believed was caused by deities of the underworld. And it needed a sacrificial Bridge to cover that, to go above and beyond that. That's the ascara. There's also another associate word that goes with that, and it's keely. Keely means wounded by talon. For all of you that are yuppies, don't know what a talon is. They're like these spurs. They're on roosters and whatever. It means wounded by claws and wounded by hooves. That means I've been wounded by gouges and scratched, and I've been kicked. Out of keely is where we get the word keloid. That's that tough bubble that builds over top those kind of wounds. In other words, it is the bridge that builds over above and beyond the gouges, the scratches, and the kicks. Are you with me? You know, scars are reality of life. The Greek called that place the place of fire. In other words, it gives us the insight. It's the place of painful injury from a burning uh, pit. Scars always leave a trace. Amen. Scars show that sometimes, someplace in your body, you received a real injury. For years as a young pastor, I had the mindset and I would tell people, just forget about it. Don't worry about it. Go on. 
We've heard sermons, and God love you all. That you know, and I some about these men that cry. Well, let me tell you something. Cars, uh, scars cause some very strange things. Are you with me? Even though there's plastic surgery and there is much technique today, scars can never completely be removed. They're reality of life. You got injured. You got hurt. You got wounded. And we all have them. And if you're going to live life and venture in life and not lock yourself up, you're going to get some scars. You're going to get some stripes. For whatever reason, men like to brag about them. And women like to hide them. It's true. How many know when you're a sinner, you say, you got a scar. Oh, yeah? Well, look at this scar. Oh, yeah? Well, I got this scar. And women just like to hide them. Can you say amen? Israel are the people of God. They are the people that God has purchased of. They belong to him. They had scars. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. He said, what a sinful nation they are. They are loaded down with the burden of guilt. They are evil and corrupt children who have turned away from the Lord, and they have despised the Holy One of Israel, cutting themselves off from His help. Verse 5, he says, Why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured, your heart is sick, and you are sick from head to foot, covered with bruises, covered with welts, covered with infected wounds, and without any ointments or uh, bandages. The Son of God, the King of kings, our Lord. Our Redeemer, our Savior, can you say amen? The one full of mercy, power, and perfection. The one who never once sinned and never hurt anybody had scars. Are you with me? Isaiah 52, verse 14 says, Many were amazed when they saw him beaten and bloodied and disfigured. One could scarcely know that he was even a person. I want you to know what you're born in, born of is a God, amen, a spirit of God that had scars. And he had stripes. Are you with me? We all know this story. Amen. That, uh, uh, you know, uh, here again was Jesus Christ. He was perfect in every way. And he was scarred. These things, friends, were caused by you and I. They were caused by accidents and failures. Are you with me? Behind every scar, there's a story of how, where, what, when, and who. Each story, even though now it's covered with a scar, it still has a memory. And it still has a story behind it. Just one quick personal story of my life. Many years ago, probably over 30 years ago, a steel pipe in my face met. It was a bad scene. I was split from the corner of my nose, through my lips, clear to the middle of the roof of my mouth, through my bottom teeth line, into my chin. I lost all my motor skills for a few moments. Was taken to the hospital. I gathered 168 cosmetic stitches. My mouth was wired shut for almost a month, if I can remember correctly. And as I'm there and waking up, the doctors are talking to me, and I can't move my mouth. I've got a, just recently found out I have a cracked cheek plate. I have hairline fractures in my jaws. And I remember him saying to me, listen to me, if you get hit in that area again, it could be poss- impossible or near impossible to ever repair that area again. I did not realize until recently that I have built defenses and offenses to protect that place of injury. Since 1975, I have had a mustache. The military took it off only for a while and I put it back on. <laughs> for 30-some years, my mustache covers most of that area, even though cosmetically done, it's not real prominent on the outside. On my lip, you can see it, so 
since 75, I've had a mustache. But, you know, even though that mustache for 30-some years hides it, every other day my tongue reminds me there's a story behind that scar and that stripe. Can you say amen? There's a concern of a defense and an offense to never get hurt in that area again. I want you to learn this with me tonight because it's very important. The spirit realm is very, very interested in our scars and the story behind them. Can you say amen? This is why when we pray for people, we have to ask them to release things, to renounce things, to forgive. Can you say amen? To let some things go, to get their bodies healed. Even though the body can heal, and it has collagen, it begins to automatically work together to bring a bridge over that. There is something in you to get healing that involves the spirit realm. Are you with me? Second thing I want to look at tonight is friendly fire. This is when you talk to all military men. They say one of the most painful wounds and deaths are those caused by our friends. Are you with me? We were wounded by our own. We were fired down upon by our friends. You know, scars can cause several things. And scars from friendly fire can cause loss of feeling, super sensitivity, callousing toughness, and outer hardness. Be careful when you tell men, hey, there's something about people that cry. For years, I was so bound up, I never shed a tear because I lost feeling. See, if you're not careful, all you've got is an outer toughness, but you don't feel anything anymore. This conference is consuming passion. I've got to feel what God feels. Could you say amen? I've got to connect with something that drives the heart of God. And when he looks at a multitude, he looks at every nation and nationality. He has moved with compassion, even though he's covered with scars and stripes. I have to be very careful and be very careful when you disciple men that you don't just have an outer, outer hardness with them. And they're filled of testosterone and, and false masculinity. And they wear their medals on their sleeves of pride. And so their sacrifices are willing to be injured for the sake of somebody worth being injured over. Are you with me? Friends, we can have to uh, learn to deal with this because these are true realities. And you're going to have to learn something tonight. If you're going to survive Christianity, you're going to have to learn how to survive Christians. And you're going to have to learn to survive the Christian church. And I can say that, just not out of my opinion, but scripturally, because our Bible tells us all of us have fallen short and not one of us are righteous yet. I know you're doing pretty good, but when you have collected all your goodness, you still lack godliness. That makes the bridge to go above and beyond. Can you say amen? Because all of your goodness falls short and lacks righteousness. Why do people get so mad when you say that anymore? Zechariah 13, verse 6 says, And if someone asks, Then what are those scars on your chest? He will say, I was wounded at the home of friends. How many be honest here? Your friends have wounded you. Only three. Then why are we up here and we're not telling the whole story when we testify? You know, five got saved, but about 25 left the church. You ever wonder why people leave the church? Because they do not learn how to survive Christians. And people that fall short and are not yet righteous. Three ways friends can fire down upon you and hurt you. One is bites. 
Amen. Now, if a dog is going to bite you, there's no doubt it's going to hurt, but you're probably going to survive it and not be real shocked because the dog has fangs. It is part of its creative nature. Can you say amen? So if a dog-eat-dog sinner bites you, even though it hurts, you can probably get over it. If a wolf comes in and, uh, you know what I'm saying, scavenges and rips off and steals and takes advantage of your weakness, your vulnerability, your exhaustion, even though it hurts, you can probably not be so soft uh, or shocked because a wolf has fangs. It's just his nature. But when a sheep bite... They have smooth teeth. And it seems to hurt worse. And now you're hurt, but you're shocked. Hey, you don't got fangs. Jesus proved this. His final hours with his disciples, his friends, he's there. He knows as a betrayer at the table, he knows exactly who it is. You know the story. He takes the bread, he dips it into his bowl, and then commits one of the greatest acts of love In his day of custom, he takes his hand, knowing this man is the one that's going to betray him, and there's not a greater act of love for a man to feed another man with his hand. He takes, he says, I know you're the one that's going to betray me. I know you're the one that is my friend that is going to uh, uh, hurt me and cause harm, but I want you to know even in that, I dip that, even though I know who you are and what you're about, I want you to know I love you and I feed you with my hand. But there's something about that that shows that that pain is worse than the clubs and swords that were about to surround him. Are you with me? Here he is, and here's Judas. And, uh, you know, Judas is going to betray him, and the sign of betrayal is going to be what? A kiss. Almost like he pauses in Scripture. It's not that you betrayed him, the man who betrayed me. My friend, he says, you betray me with a kiss. Amen? You've heard it this week. I don't know if you've not noticed, but I've noticed every one of the pastors that have come in here. They haven't come in here this week like these, you know, knights, shining knights on white horses. They've come in here with dents and on mules. <laughs> Humble. Have you picked that up? See, I like to be a part of those kind of people. I'm kind of ashamed to say this. And they opened their hearts. They don't stand before you in some kind of fake religiosity. They're, they're not here to disimpress. They're here to try and help you to go above and beyond. Are you with me? The account with Peter. We know the account when he needed a disciple, when he needed the loyalty, when he needed his friends. They are dragging him away. And uh, pointed out by a, by a young servant girl says, hey, hey, I know you. You're one of his disciples. And here's his friend saying, Jesus who? I don't even know him. What do you mean be with him? I don't know him. Blank, blank, bleep, bleep, bad word, naughty word. (laughs) Let me tell you something, that hurts worse than all the clubs and swords that surrounded him. Can you say amen? The second way friends hurt is by falls. Amen? Fall simply means sink, slip, slump, stubble, and even slide backwards. We've all fallen short. There's none righteous. No, not one. We all fall short. Can you say amen with others? This text is written to brothers and sisters. We fall short with our brothers. We have short tempers. We have short patience. We have short tolerances. And yet we're still Christian. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have uh, fallouts and on and on we could go. And 
Pastors, if you're going to survive pastoring, you're going to have to survive pastors. I so appreciate Greg Mitchell. Amen. This morning, you know, you, you, you tell somebody, hey, man, I, you know, God really moved. And what did I do wrong? Your church grows and everybody's mad at you. I've laid awake at night and say, what did I do? If you're not careful, even though your natural body is releasing things to go above and beyond that, your spirit is held under the power of an underworld deity. Are you listening to me? Remember the word keely? means wounded by gouge, scratch, and kicked. How many know that you can say hi on the outside, but inside you're going... Don't look at me like I'm crazy. How many know you can say, Pastor Kimball, I love you? <laughs> and how many know Pastor Kimball? <laughs> See, we're friends for a reason. And I follow men like that for a reason. Because we have to find the bridge above and beyond. We hurt one another. We do. Say, I do. You might, oh, that was weak. I do. There we go. Then there's a third thing called paybacks. <clears throat> Remember, we're still talking to brothers and sisters and peers and buddy. Paybacks. Paybacks are returning the wound to the wounder or anybody that resembles a wounder or just anybody that gets close in a mood swing or time of fiery burning pit remembering. Can you say amen? Isaiah 28, 14, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Proverbs 29, 1, and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. Listen to me. The spirit realm is very interested in the wounds of our friends and how we handle them. Can you say amen? Because it's a reality. You know, Jesus never, ever returned to the wound to the wounder. You see, as Christians, we're striving to be Christ-like, but we're not all there yet. We're striving to enter in. We're striving to be like him. And yet, he gives us a reality out of his love and the people that he loves that, hey, you still fall short and none of you are righteous. No, not one of you. There's not a pastor here that's totally righteous. There's not a pastor here that's not going to fall from time to time. There's pastors here that, you know, not, not intentionally, sometimes intentionally, can you say amen, will wound you and you'll wound them. Oh, I know I'm only preaching to me, amen. So I'm the only one that ever got up there and preached a sermon, especially for brother and sister so-and-so, and amen. I'm the only one that says, okay, you're going you're gonna, I'll to, I'll, I'll put a sermon together for you. I know I'm the only one. Amen. Turn that all upon him, God. Anybody got jealous? Well, burn their house down then. Whatever. Let them live. Whatever. I'm the only Christian like that, huh? Jesus says these words in Matthew 5, 43, 44. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor. And hate your enemy. But I say unto you, and this is this new people that we're talking about here. This is the new you and I. But I say to you, love your enemies. 
Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know what he says to the wounder? Love, bless, do good, and pray for them. <laughs> you can come to every evangelist in this fellowship and say, lay your hands on me and take this pain away. Get up from this altar. And there's not the bridge above and beyond this. Are you with me? Amen. And you got to be careful, pastors. And I speak to myself much out of a repentant heart. I bring much of my heart here. Hard lessons through the, uh, you know, graduating from the, you know, the college of hard knocks. A lot of you, if you're not careful, you don't understand and learn something here. You'll become a demonic Indiana Jones. You feel it is your holy calling to find the dirt. To find the shortcoming and the failure. It is your whole job to find the dirt, to discover the dirt. And it's your discovery, it's your glory to gloat. Aha! I've sat in sermons where brothers, I knew it was talking to me. I knew there were things that God was dealing with me. And I've sat by brothers saying, get him, get him. Can I ask you, are, are we not anointed to raise the dead instead of throw another shovel on a dying man? <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. And I've done it out of wounds and hurts. Can you say amen? When I needed help above beyond the place of injury. I want to close with medals of honor. You know, medals are given for bravery in battle, risk of life, but most of all, medals are given for going above and beyond the call of duty. In Jesus' day, the normal custom was one cheek and one mile. How many know the story? You hit me, it's your fault. You hit me the second time, it's my fault. Right? One mile, and of course, you think the second mile is just that. You've got it measured out exactly. That second mile and that second cheek have no conditions, no limitations. Are you with me? I can feel it already in this place. Even good old cartoon Batman, trying to help humanity, had to deal with a horrible villain called Two-Face. Two-Face, half of his face was scarred by the accident of another. And because he didn't respond to that wound honorably, not only did his body bring scar tissue over that, it was in evidence that you have been injured. That dishonor caused him to be hateful to all humanity. Are you with me? Amen? The second cheek. How many know when you turn the cheek of Jesus, doesn't mean they're not going to slap you. It means they're going to say, oh, you're going to stand still. I'm going to load up even better now. <laughs> right? Have you ever felt like that? Well, I forgive you. I'm going to love you, bless you, do good, and pray for you. <laughs> Ow. Said I was sorry.
Could you find any mercy? <laughs> what must I do? <laughs> what do I have to prove that I'm? <laughs> I'm talking about Christian. See, I want to bear fruit, but the older I get, the heartbeat of God, I want to see the fruit remain. I want to see them reproduce something. Honor. Because we're all going to be hurt. You say amen. Jesus used his scars and his disfigurement to honor his father. There's always options, but they're not good options. Amen. Honor to go beyond the call of duty. Remember when he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Is there an easier cup? Is there another way that we can achieve the results without going through the injury? You know, he had already collected scars, but he collected his greatest scars at his final moments to give his greatest gift. That's when you and I scarred him the worst. And because he didn't let that cup pass by, there's something that flows out of that cup that brings spiritual healing to you and I to go above and beyond. Can you say amen? Matthew 5, 41. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. You see, when you and I run out of our soulish love and goodness, godliness can kick in. Can you say amen? And it'll allow that cheek to be slapped over and over and over again. You see, I've asked people, why do you stick around? And I've asked my kids, what are some of the things that helped you uh, make it for God? What are some things that maybe we've done to make impact? They never once talked about the good times. Past Christmas, they put things in my card. And they said, Dad, when you were dented, you were scraped up, you were gouged, clawed, kicked, you let the light of Jesus shine through that wound. You see, when I stand before God, and I want you to understand, don't be fooled that you and I are going to stand before God with all this religious, competitive, who's going to be the highest on the ladder and all of these things. And we have all these gifts. God has given us. Don't think that when you stand before God, I'm going to have this nice, shiny helmet of salvation. That's the problem with the religious world. See, we're a people relationship, and we all know this is very personal here. My relationship with my pastor is personal. Greg Mitchell talked personal to us. Things that are really personal. You know why? Because we have relationship and we really do hurt one another and we really do fall short and we really do lack the righteousness that we really need. It's the reality of life. But we're a new people, Paul says. There's something in our bodies that show we belong to Jesus and it's not this bright, shining helmet of salvation. You know, we go home, our helmet's going to be all... Uh, you thank God for Richard Romero. But to add to that, that was a pretty shiny little vessel. It's really not going to be like that. It's going to sparkle, but the sparkle is going to come out of dents, scrapes, scuffs, tears, rips. You know the problem with the church today? They, they have a totally wrong picture of Jesus. There's nothing going to be impressive except what shines out of that dent. Does honor shine out of that scar? Does light is love, blessing, good, prayers, or dishonor. 
The breastplate of righteousness, when that breastplate that was given to us, guess what? That's not going to be this whole perfect thing. It's going to be gouged up. It's going to be challenged and attacked. It's going to be ripped and clawed upon and kicked at. And out of those wounds and out of those tears and cuts, will the light of his righteousness shine through them? The loin belt of truth, when every time you and I are questioned and misunderstood, can you say amen? And they question your honesty and your integrity and your character because they just don't have all the details sometimes. Will his honor and light shine through that loin belt of truth? When our feet that are shod with the gospel of peace have been stepped on by the church, my fellow pastors, peers, friends, will peace and the light of his peace shine through that? You see, Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father. And though he came a child, beautiful child, he went home. Death couldn't keep him. The sting couldn't hurt him forever. But even his resurrected bodies, his scars are with him. His scars. When he stood before his father and completed the greatest, greatest mission, as heaven gave its greatest gift to be scarred, hurt, you and I hurt him. You and I scarred him. You and I gouged him, clawed him, kicked him, bit at him, fell over and over again. Can you say amen, somebody? And he stands there and he says, Father, I've used the gifts. You know, how do you use the gift of forgiveness to somebody you don't have to forgive? How do you use the gift of mercy to somebody that doesn't need mercy? How do you use the gift of long-suffering love to somebody you don't have to suffer through? How? You can shine all you want. You can miss him. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. He was rejected by man, a man of sorrows. He bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace. And by his stripes, we are healed. By his scars and stripes, there is a spirit that he gives. A spirit beyond all of your goodliness is the spirit of his godliness. Because you and I fall short. I can love Renee with every goodness thing I could have. And Renee and I can have the fallout. Because we're not perfect. I love my pastor. I can look him in the eye and I love him. But it does not come without some injury to it. Can you say amen? I love the Chandler Church. I love our fellowship. To be honest, there's things that can hurt. Wait a minute, we're the same household. We're the same body. We're the same army. We're a fellowship. We're friends. But we get shocked. That our smooth teeth. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there's underworld deities that want to cause our smooth teeth to remove from the nature of God. Can you say amen? We wrestle with this. I wrestle with it every day. Can you say amen? And how I'm free today and how I can uh, preach this sermon to you is because it sets me free. By your scars and stripes, Jesus, I'm healed. When I run out of my cheek, I want to give them your cheek. That cheek is scarred. But it doesn't put conditions on your friends or your pastors or your church or your fellowship. 
It doesn't say, ah, duty, one mile. No, above and beyond is the iskara in the spirit of the one. Are you with me? Those scarred hands don't reach out to reject you. They reach out to receive you. Those scarred feet don't draw away from you. They draw near to you. That head that he has now is not covered with the crown of thorns. It's covered with the crown of scars. It says, even though you've scarred me and you've had thoughts and misunderstood me and lied about me and accused me, I think good of you. You're still the apple of my eye. Hallelujah. I want to close. Paul says, for I bear in my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Isaiah 53, verse 10, and I'm going to close. This is honor. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to fill him with grief. His life was made an offering for our sin. and He will have a multitude of children and many heirs. He will enjoy long life. The Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. In his hands. This man that died, this Uncle Kenny, this World War II vet, made this statement. They don't need a box of medals and slashes that men wear on the sleeves of their pride and lust for recognition. The world doesn't need any more of that. He pulls up his pant legs and he died with them up. I pray that my country, my God, and the people that I so love, that these scars will honor them, that you are worth a, you are a people worth getting injured for. May these scars honor you. May our scars be used to honor our God. Can you say amen? His body. Hallelujah. His friends, his family, his fellowship, his people with smooth teeth that act beyond nature sometimes. Can you say amen? See, I'm going to stick around with you guys. And I know when I go home, I'm going to go home with some bites with your name on it. (laughs) And I want to confess to you, not just as a preacher above you, but as brother and just a Christian beside you, I pray. Have mercy on me. There are times when, guess what, I fall short. And I may bite, fall, or wound you. That's what keeps people together. Jesus says, by my stripes, by my scars and my stripes, there's a spiritual bridge above this and beyond this. You can be healed. You can carry a wonderful, wonderful wound that has the Holy Spirit attached to it of honor. But not only will heal you, bring healing to others. Does our world not need to be healed? Is our generation not in pain? Scars and stripes, Jesus. By my scars, my stripes, you can be healed. Would you bow your heads and your hearts? We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.